Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text those questions in right now to 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before John leaves for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Hey, so we, we talked about this yesterday. All all coaching vacancies have, have been filled, nine nine mm-hmm. of them this year. Do you have a do you have a, a an early look at teams that you think, all right, well, this guy for this team needs to win or he could be one of the spots being filled next year. His spot could be Oh, filled. there's there's plenty. I mean there's about you know, I, I can think of five to five to seven. I mean, Matt Rule in Carolina. I mean, he's obviously on the hot seat. You know, I can see him getting fired. Uh you know, I think you look at uh, you know Cliff Kingsbury if he has another fall mm-hmm. late in the season, he could be in trouble. Uh, then then you've got uh, you know I'd say right now uh, there's going to be some questions about Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. That could be that could be a possible Ooh. one. Yeah, we'll see about your Detroit Lions. Yeah, whether <laughs> whether whether uh, Dan Campbell could be in trouble because again it's like uh, you know how long do you put up with the losing and all that different stuff. So I mean, there's going to be. Well, but plenty. you talk. Uh, sorry, John, to cut you off, but you yeah. talk about the Lions all the time about just overall lack of talent. Yeah. I look at the Texans the same way. So I'm wondering. What's a realistic expectation from owners? Do they expect that, well, this coach is just going to magically turn this subpar talent into a competitive product? I mean, uh, you can't always put it on the coach, and those, it, especially those two circumstances, can you? No, that's what, but that's what they do. I mean, it's, sorry to say, you know, that's what the uh, owners do. And, you know, like, for example, you look at Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville has had, like, uh, you know, one winning season in 11 years, and they've been through, like, about five coaches. And so it's like, uh, I mean, look at the Giants. I mean, the Giants, you know, considered, you know, with Omeras being in one of the established family fran- franchises, I mean, they, they hire three coaches in six years and fire them all after two. So, uh, no, it's like there's no patience in the National Football League. Now, it may be different in Detroit because, you know, they're, you know they've got different type of ownership. You know, because, uh, I mean, you have a, you know, a woman owning the team and all that different stuff. So might, they might be a little more patient. But, uh, no, I mean, that's that's just the nature of the National Football League. That's why it's going to be five to seven every year. You, you mentioned Kevin Stefanski. And, and also, you know, I'd say the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Like, where are they at with him? Because, I mean, last year they, they were leading the Kansas City Chiefs in that playoff game. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I felt like getting the running game is really what got him going, mostly. But, um, you know, as far as uh, both him and Baker Mayfield, I, I kind of, you know, last year when they went to playoffs, I thought, okay, they're on their way. And I don't know, was it mostly about Baker Mayfield's injuries this year or what happened in Cleveland? Just Baker Mayfield just being a complimentary type of quarterback. You know, and that's that's the thing. It's like Kevin Stefanski should carry his job through the rest of his contract, right? I mean, he, he's, he came in there. He changed a little bit of the culture. He changed to a running game. They've got some good defensive talent, all those different things. But Jim Haslam's the owner. I mean, Jim Haslam goes through uh, coaches. I mean, he's he's had more one and dones in the last six, seven years than any coach in the national. I mean, an owner in the National Football League. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, what I can see happening is that if uh, you know they they don't make the playoffs or have a losing season or something like that, 
then the next thing you know, he'll he'll change everything. He'll fire the general manager. He'll go ahead and uh, fire the coach. I mean, that's just that's Jim, Jim Haslam. And you get too many owners kind of doing that same stuff. And by the way, did you see what happened to uh, the Lovey Smith press conference today? No. No. So, um, you know, Nick Casario, the general manager, starts out at the press conference, and then all of a sudden the uh, fire alarm rings and says, everybody evacuate, everybody evacuate. So it's like, uh, I mean, they didn't evacuate, but again, it's like the fire alarm went off before he could even get the chance to introduce Lovey Smith. (laughs) They just can't do anything right down there, John. No, no, it's like, it's so typical Houston. I mean, it's oh my like, goodness. you know, it's like they couldn't get out of the uh, the beginning of the press conference without a fire alarm going off and then <laughs> well, were to, to evacuate. And one of one of the stories coming out of Houston in, in, in light of Lovey being hired is sort of the accusation from Flores, Brian Flores and his representatives mm-hmm. that that, you know, because he's suing the league, that's why he was not hired. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. they're, you know, because he was one of the final three. And Lovey was not part of that final three. Right. They were saying Flores was, and they had this great interview. It all went great. But because of his lawsuit, that basically eliminated him. And, the, and Casario came out and said, no, that's, that didn't affect our process at yeah, all. Yeah, so, no, it's uh, like, what, what do you think, John? I think it did. I mean, again, it's gonna, I mean, I mean, he's the one who put the lawsuit out there, and he's going to pay the price for it. I mean, again, he's going to have a hard time getting back in this league, let alone getting a head coaching job. So it's like, uh, I mean, you can come out and put out press press releases and say, yeah, I wasn't uh, hired because of the lawsuit. Well, it's like, duh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, look, w- whether it's, you know, valid and the whole thing, yeah. but it does tend to put a damper on uh, your your chances if, you, if you're following a lawsuit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, De- Dennis Allen, uh, tell us a little bit about him, John. I mean, he, I, what I read today is, hey, we got a pretty good system here mm-hmm. is what he's saying, and he's not looking to shake things up too much. But he's a defensive guy, and uh, w- what do you expect from him as as far as head coach? Well, he didn't do great, but he was, you know, he coached the Oakland, the Oakland Raiders back then. So he was a head coach of them for a while. And then, uh, you know, I think the, obviously the big reason that they kept him is that they could have a smooth transition. You know, because when I say smooth transition, they have 17 coaches right now that are currently on the staff. Now he's got to sort through them, see if he wants to keep, who's going to be the offensive coordinator, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, all that stuff. But at least by keeping Dennis Allen as the uh, promoting him as the head coach, you know, they got they got the whole coaching staff. They don't have to go out and make a lot of hires. Hmm. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in right now, 421-3776, 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, this one from the 509, John, says, Hey, John, will Sean Desai become the Vikings DC, or is there a different favorite? Uh, hard to tell, uh, because, again, uh, you know Kevin O'Connell can't start doing anything until uh, on Monday on Tuesday after the Super Bowl. So it's like no idea what he can do. But, I mean, Sean lost the uh, chance to be the GM or the uh, defensive coordinator for uh, the New York Giants because they went with Wink Martindale. So it's like uh, it's probably Minnesota or bust. And if not, then he has a chance to come to the Seahawks, not be a coordinator, but at least he'll get on the defensive coaching staff. Yeah, do you think that's what's holding him up? I mean, uh, as far as an announcement, we haven't heard anything yeah. official from the Seahawks. No, I know. So that that's probably that's kind of what I've been speculating. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, and no word whatsoever, huh? None, no. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Hey, John, I'm not going to ask you about oh. the, the Hall of Fame. But I am going to ask you the process. <laughs> I want to. I want to know. No, because I think it's really cool, and you've talked about it every yeah. time this year about you know what you guys go through when the announcement is made. Mm -hmm. You know, just can you tell us how the sausage is made? Well, basically, what what happens is you know you go through the entire year, and you keep cutting down the list of eligible people for the Hall of Fame, and so then finally, you know, when you get to like November, I mean, you take the list and you get it down to twenty five. Then, uh, you know, in uh, like late December, I mean, you cut it down to in early January, you cut it down to 15. Then you get into the room. And of course, uh, you know, we had a seven and a half hour meeting. And so what ends up happening, you know, we go uh, 15 and then we vote it down to 10. And then after we get it down to 10, we talk a little bit more, debate, do all these different things and then get it down to five. And then after we get it down to five, we have to go ahead and uh, see, you know, re-vote to see if they get the 80 percent. So if you if you like the five that made it into the final five, then, you know, the 80 percent should hold up because if it's not going to be 80 percent, then the guy doesn't get in. OK, so how many voters in total? Forty forty nine. Forty nine. And you're doing this. Uh, this is over Zoom. I'm yeah, we did it this, over Zoom. Right. Yeah. This year. And then as far as timing goes, uh -huh. when uh, when will the announcement be made? Thursday night. Thursday night Thursday at the night. NFL Awards. At the awards right? ceremonies. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So Thursday night. OK. Cool. Hey, I, I like that. I'm sorry, Bob. I, I like that uh, NFL awards show. That that always has been very entertaining. I'm going to ask you about, you know, some of the predictions later. But uh, that that to me is uh, I I don't miss that. It's better than the Pro Bowl. That's not saying yeah, a lot. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> You're not setting the bar very high. There. I don't, yeah. By the way, Pro Bowl. I, I think ratings were down like 36 percent. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> is that, well, well Schlereth was telling us that it still had better ratings than. Uh, an NBA playoff game and some of the World Series games mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which is crazy. Maybe not now, but I mean, certainly last year or I mean, the years that they've had it, that's been the case. I mean, in fact, sometimes the Pro Bowl ratings have been higher than some of the championship rounds. I mean, as far as it's the championship games, maybe not like mm. game seven or game six or something like that. But no, but the ratings continue to go down, down, down. Hey, John, just for, back to the Hall of Fame yeah. for a moment. And I know, you know, everybody stands up and, and you know, somebody's sort of given the task to make the case for a mm -hmm. specific player. Have you ever been talked into a player? Like you went into yeah. that room thinking this this guy, whoever it is, is not, in my mind, not a Hall of Famer. And then by the time you left the room, you said, all right, I'm voting for him. Yeah. I mean, I've, it happens every year. Happened this year, I can tell you that. And hey, uh, who who in the past did you get talked into where you went in thinking, nah, he's not a Hall of Famer. And then by the time you got out of that room, you went, yeah, he is. Hmm. I mean, uh, uh, you know, like, I mean, there, I, I can't really give you any specifics. I can't remember that well because I was more concentrating on this year. But again, mm -hmm. it, it happens every year yeah, because like, for example, uh, you know, we're, we're not big on taking safeties. All right. So then all of a sudden, I mean, you, we watched how dominating uh, Dennis At Atwater was and all that stuff. And then there was a big push for him. I mean, certainly. And again, I had to stay biased on this, but there was a big push to get uh, Jason Taylor in, you know, and Jason Taylor uh, went to my high school. He went to 
you know, Churchill, which is now Woodland Hills. And so I had to stay biased on it because I didn't want to spoil it. Because, again, yes, that's he went to my high school. But I mean, he got I mean, he got talked in. I was already on on board. But again, it, it happens every year. Yeah, well, and also, John, I remember you actually talking to me, which I thought was really cool, but you um, asked me a couple of questions yeah. about uh, Cortez Kennedy, Yeah, you know, because I had a front row seat for that. But you you also have gotten up there and, and talked to other people into it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you made the case for, for Cortez Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I did. Well, no, yeah. also, too, it's like uh, in the 2-14 and 14 season, you know, that's when uh, we had a big network. I mean, we had like about... 13, 14 writers on a conference call every Thursday. You know, Peter King was on it and everything else. And I kept on pushing Cortez through the entire season, you know, to be, uh, you know, a, a pro bowler, you know, to get into uh, being all pro, all those different things. And apparently everybody did listen because, I mean, you saw what he ended up doing, you know, getting what defensive player of the year. And so it's like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, that's that's one of the things. I mean, it's like I don't I go in, you know, obviously you go in with the idea of who you think you want to vote for. But then I keep listening and listening and listening. And then it's like, well, I, I think I might change a little bit and go with this guy. Mm-hmm. Are, are there players or is a case made for every player? Or are there certain players like when Tom Brady comes up? Yeah, he, he doesn't need a case to be made. for no. him. Is there is there just sort of an automatic? All right, Tom Brady's in. Let's yeah, move on yeah, to the next yeah. guy. Or or does everybody have somebody advocating for? No, him? Yeah, I mean, somebody advocates because you're supposed to have five minutes and, you know, they tape the five minutes and, you know, put it on some kind of a show uh, on the NFL Network and all those different things. But, uh, you know, I, I know I still remember before they started doing the taping, it was like, OK, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just seems like it's almost a waste of your time to yeah, yeah. even listen to a presentation or have any sort of debate. It's like, all right, let's let's spend our time on some of these guys who could go either way. Exactly. I mean, again, because, again, it's like, uh, you know, it's a long meeting. You got you know, 15 people to vote for. You know, now, I mean, it used to be just a senior that you would endorse who's already been voted for. And then, uh, you know, so it's a senior. But now we have the coaching category. You know, we have the uh, contributor category. So there's a little bit more. So you have 18 people that you talk to in what turned out to be seven and a half hours. Yeah, I think I calculated that uh, Brady's yardage would take you from my house to Marysville. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, an hour drive. I mean, it was like 90-some thousand yards or whatever. Um, uh, hey, on uh, on Thursday night at the Honors, they're going to do MVP, right. Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, <clears throat> and Coach of the Year. Yeah. There, there was one unanimous of these guys that are voting, and it's like Brian Baldinger and you know Jeffrey Chidea and everything. One of those was uh, unanimous, and it was defensive rookie of the year. Oh, that's easy, yeah. Micah Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yeah. Well, and then I don't know if you saw, John, when he he won the uh, the race – you know, when he's he's running against Nick Chubb. I know. Uh, and he, he wins that. But, I mean, his – his uh, I, I don't remember a rookie like this, and I was going to ask you. Three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, 13 sacks, 30 quarterback hits uh-huh, uh-huh. for a rookie. I mean, it, it, I don't remember a rookie having that good of a year. Well, I mean, it, it, I think you – and, again, this is a bad comparison, but it's like, uh, you know, the the name that they keep kept on bringing up for, you know, rookie impact and all that stuff was Lawrence Taylor. Because Lawrence Taylor put up unbelievable numbers in his rookie season. 
And so obviously, I mean, we're talking about, you know, one of the greatest defensive wow. players in NFL history, but I guess, you know, one of the comparables is LT. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's I mean, I, I guess I, I guess the dog didn't like that idea. No, but. you liked yeah, it. He's, he's shouting out LT. He, he's hearing <laughs> sirens. That's what he does. But um, uh, besides Frank, uh, John, there's a, a text from the 253 that says, John, I know it's not a career killer, but what's Alvin Kamara's future? Uh, I mean, he'll, he'll still be a saint. I think that uh, depends on <clears throat> if he's going to have any jail time and all this. You know, that that's going to be affected because, again, he did this in Vegas. They're power you know they're really tight in vegas i mean it could be you know there's a maximum of five years that he might have to serve on this one because he you know beat the guy up with eight slugs i mean pounded the guy pretty bad and so it's like but uh you know my guess is that uh you know he might he'll plead and then find a way to minimize any kind of jail time and then face a you know a significant suspension by roger goodell well, I, I love Alvin Kamara's yeah. play, John. I mean, is he? Do you? I don't know if you have him ranked or whatever, but I mean, he's got to be top five because he can top, catch the ball. Yeah, top as well. three. I think he's top three. I think so. Oh yeah. yeah. Off the top of your head, do you know who who you, you got? Jonathan Taylor probably in there. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry and uh, you yeah. know th- those guys are right up at the top. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook is right up there near. You know, not not as good as I think Kamara, Kamara but it's like, uh, but Al, Alvin's just fantastic because even though you know they don't give him enough carries, I mean he catches the ball and he just makes plays, and you know he's he's their best offensive weapon. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I did see the headline. I know you can't divulge, but Devin Hester thinks he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and he's eager to get the call on Thursday. Oh, good for he, him. He said, <laughs> "Well, he's an interesting case because he he made his he made his name as a returner, and I don't." Yeah. You know, I don't know the voting process, you know, based on what what position the guy played or where his impact was. Slide receiver. Well, I know I know that. But I'm saying in terms of what you guys deem, you talked about safeties have a hard time. I would imagine a returner would have an even harder time than a safety. I mean, they're they're not on the field the whole time. Special teams players have a hard time because, again, they're not on the field all the time. Right. I mean, yeah, so that's I, why, as, yeah. as a receiver, he was fine, but as, as a... Yeah, actually, he was average, but... Uh, he was fine. He was one of the greatest return guys in league history, if not the best in league history. But again, you know, it's like it's hard for a special teams player to make it, and to make it in a first ballot when you have so many good receivers, it's going to be difficult, but we'll I'm, find I'm, out Thursday. I'm predicting he's going to be a little disappointed on Thursday. That's my prediction. Oh, okay. You predict yeah. pain, Bob? I, I predict that he's he, his quote is, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers are Hall of Famers. You don't have no question that they should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. think about the best of the best, best quarterback, best running back, best receivers. I know we don't have any full-time returners in the Hall, but I did things that have never been done before. Yeah, He, yeah. he expects that call Thursday, John. Oh, good for him. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just don't start crying if uh, you don't get the call. I we'll, don't think he's we'll going to get the call. We'll That's see. My prediction. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can't make any prediction because I already know. Uh, I know the information, so I can't yeah. say anything. Boy, I'm still thinking about torturing John just to get him. <laughs> what, what, what was the torture? Roll the country music. With? Roll no, the country we're, music. They were going to have Mark Rogers sing country music too oh, with great. Urban Meyer. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Him and Urban Meyer is a duet. Yeah, uh, yeah as far as MVP, I, I don't know. I guess I just hadn't looked at the numbers, but it was almost uh, – it wasn't close to unanimous, but most had Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yeah. You too. You probably yeah. would. Um, I you would know, vote for Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, there's a couple Tom Brady's in here. Uh, there's a Matthew Stafford. Uh-huh. Um, and then then, then you start then you start getting into uh, the Josh Allens and the Cooper Cups and uh, you know yeah. you know uh, certainly the Indianapolis running back uh, Jonathan you know, Taylor Jonathan yeah. Taylor yeah you start getting into those guys yeah well and then offensive player of the year I, I like that uh, somebody voted for Debo Samuel mm-hmm. because I love that dude I don't know if he has the numbers to to keep up with Cooper Cup but it was mainly yeah. Cooper Cup yeah I mean I, it's like he, he's so so good. I mean, you know, I, I had I was going through some stats a little bit today, and what did he have? Like nineteen hundred and forty-six yards. Nineteen forty-six. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he and we just talked with Mark Schlereth, and he was kind of describing him as, you know, um, a guy who plays in a, a unique position, and he mm-hmm. can pretty much play anywhere. And the other thing he said about him is that uh, he, he's like a, a guy with a quarterback's mind playing mm-hmm. wide receiver. So, yeah, what a year for him. Yeah, and of course, I mean, one of the things I just wrote for the uh, Washington Post is that uh, you know the the Bengals have to you know change their they're a cover one cover three team. Uh, they like to play a lot of cover one, but there's no way you can play cover one and try to man up against him. That's why they have to play more cover three, and uh, the reason being, at least you can get you know another a safety or another defensive back. That, that can double cover him, and that'll open things up for T. Higgins, you know, the other wide receiver. That's why I made a prediction that uh, you know uh, that uh, you know you'd have you know Odell Beckham Jr. having a a real good day. But I think that uh, in the case of uh, Cooper Cup, I mean, you know, they've got uh, you know they've got to try to use you know more cover three just so they can double team him. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Did you get a sense of Devin Hester's future there, David? Uh, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't well, think he's getting in first. I'd be stunned if he got in first ballot. He was, I mean, a great returner, no question. But I well, think that's hard for a, a special a teams returner. player. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah, to I mean, I don't know if he's just kind of talking noise or being funny about it or whatever, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got to know that just like you mentioned safeties and I was going to ask John what some, we'll ask him tomorrow, you know, what are some of the tough positions to get in and, and safety being one of them. We always talk about like the pro bowl. It's tough if you're, you know, to get linebacker because typically, you know, like for KJ, right? Because typically it's the outside edge rushers, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that get it. But, um, yeah, maybe it's just guards. one of, yeah, maybe guards, but you know, for the most part, it's, uh, you just, you, he should already know that it's, it's tough to get in as a special team player. All right. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, there's a specific reason why the Seahawks targeted Ed Donatel and Sean Desai. We'll tell you what that is next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.